I do have a question um, for everybody. Uh, so humans have been evolving for like, what, 500,000 years, 300,000? I think the oldest hominids are like, I think the oldest one that we found fossil evidence for is like 3 million years or something like that. But Homo sapiens, um, I don't know if it's quite that long. Uh, I guess we were around before the last ice age and the last ice age was like 50,000 years ago. So, How long does it take for... How long does it take for a fossil to take place of carbon? Like a it, it depends on it depends on what it's in. Right. I mean, sure. for example, if it's in if it's in the peat bogs of Scotland, mm-hmm. it's going to last longer. Well, how about that's, that's why you end up finding you know perfectly preserved bodies. So I'm talking about fossils. I'm talking about fossilization, like turning completely to rock. I don't, I don't know. I'm sure somebody's figured it out, but I don't know the answer to that. Here's a little side story. I know somebody personally that found a fossilized human head in Clay County, Kentucky. And that's true. Mm-hmm. It, was, it, was it was a human head, um, and it was homo sapien. Had a wound right here. So typically it would take something along the lines of about you know, fifty thousand years, roughly, to. Well, that's. I think. I think. I may. I. I may be wrong about this. I think the. Uh, the original inhabitants of this continent, who who in the theory is they came across the land bridge from, you know, Europe and Russia and you know whatever. Uh, uh, was was came here like thirty five thousand years ago. I could be wrong about that. That which. Now I'm well on time. I've seen this head and mm-hmm. it looked like us, basically, like Anglo Saxons. Yeah. And it was fossilized. Well, they came down from I think probably I think it was the Smithsonian. And they said, Oh, it's just a statue, and they took it for analysis, and we never heard anything back from it. So I think that there is active they are actively covering up things like that because it never turned well, up in newspapers. It never turned up anywhere else. Never why, got to- well, yeah. You got to ask, why would that? Exactly. Um, why, I mean, it, 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 so, I mean, if you can't explain why they would cover it up, then they probably did. Well, there because- is a, a, a big conspiracy about uh, Bigfoot. Like they find remains all the time. They just disappear the smithsonian or somebody like that comes and grabs them up what purpose would that serve because there's a narrative that they have us living on in this world to where they don't yeah but yeah but the narrative changes all the time well the bigfoot thing crosses into not flat earth but hollow earth that our national park systems are set up around entrances where things like bigfoot when they go skinwalkers all of those things are active and the belief is that they're coming from somewhere like these interconnected cave systems that have separate habitats well there's an explanation that i've heard that may may explain it 
but you're all familiar with the theory of evolution. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. and, and, well, and, and the survival of the fittest and how, oh, how, yeah. how species adapt to their surroundings. If they don't adapt, they don't survive. I yeah. completely believe in evolution. Right. And, well, different species have different adaptive systems that they go by. It is possible that things like Bigfoot, like skinwalkers, whatever else, you know, whatever else you may want to talk about, their adaptive thing is that they hide. That's how they. That's how they. That's how they have survived as long as they have because they have a natural ability. They have an, an evolutionary ability to hide. I do think that it makes sense that the national parks were set up in areas where these things tend to happen. Like, well, yeah, the first one was what Yosemite, just. Was it 70 or at Yellowstone? It was one of those two. Carter was who was the one that signed? Yosemite, I think, was the first. One. Yeah, that was that was Teddy Roosevelt. That was, yeah. That was Teddy Roosevelt. So that was um, and he and Teddy Roosevelt was like a known explorer and believer in a lot of this stuff. Well, yeah, but have you seen Yosemite? No. It's breathtaking. It's, it's it's absolutely incredibly gorgeous. It's, it's actually it's, the, the it's, background on my computer. Yellowstone is breathtaking. The Grand Canyon is breathtaking. That's why they're national parks because you don't want people going in there to just fucking it up. I don't know. I could show you a place like where we grew up in Manchester, nowhere Kentucky that looks like like a painting like absolutely yeah. insane it's, and oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's me <laughs> uh, but I, 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 I really wouldn't want to meet the artist who painted you dude <laughs> <laughs> that's gotta be one sick bastard <laughs> you call him jesus in this house <laughs> <laughs> But um, but yeah, do you think that there's a possibility of the interdimensional explanation for them? I <clears throat> well, I mean, it's if you have the the, the many worlds theory that that we're all like in bubble universes, yeah, and sometimes they touch, and sometimes you know the the wall between them is very thin. I mean, it's possible. Speaking of which. nobody's proved it. I mean, the theory is sound enough, but we haven't found evidence to absolutely prove it. This is completely off topic. What, what has that stopped us? <laughs> so, so the 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 different universes thing and the interdimensional stuff mm -hmm. is what they're saying causes the Mandela effect. Did you guys watch that video of the Prince of Bel Air today? No, no, I didn't watch it yet. So I can't spend my whole fucking day watching all the TikTok videos. <laughs> yeah. So, so there was they showed the Fresh Prince of Bel Air song, and I know you guys watched it, but literally I watched this video, and there's like a whole new part in the the intro the fresh prints that was never there no no that's bullshit we're all called that right now um because when it first came on there there was an extra part 
and they shortened it down in the later later in that season. So like the first few episodes, it was really long. The song itself so, pretty long. So maybe that's why. Yeah. Somebody yeah. posted that. And I'm like, I've never, I had never seen it. Like I didn't know that either. And I'm just like, that is completely great. That's like Berenstain Bears level crazy. I was, I was a huge Wait. fan of Big Willie when I was a child, and I loved it. I heard was, you still do. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I, I remember when that came out, and I was like, oh, sweet, the whole song. And then they cut <laughs> it, and I was like, what's this bullshit? They didn't even play the whole song. That I remember that. <laughs> well, that's, you know, you see that all the time in TV shows. For example, uh, you guys ever seen the show Castle? No. Nathan Fillion, Stana Caddick. Castle's this uh, this writer that, that that ends up tagging along with a New York City police detective. No, that sounds good. Though. It was on for like seven or eight years, man. It's it's Nathan Fillion, and Stana Caddick is Stana Caddick. Yeah. Um, but the first. I think two seasons, they had this longer intro where he kind of talked about this and that, and they'd, they'd intercut, you know, bits to make it funny, and then they finally stopped doing that and shortened the, the, the intro bit because they wanted more time to tell stories. Because you, you only have a limited amount of time thanks to commercials, and that, that time keeps shrinking because they want to give you more commercials that that makes a lot of sense, and I'm glad that you said that, Caesar, because I was I was tripping. Yeah, because I only watched it like in the later years that the show was out. No, I watched that shit all the time because I had the Fresh Prince album pretty much as soon as that came out. I don't know why I used to love the Fresh Prince so much <laughs> when I was a little kid. Um, he had, I think it's because he had a song about um, Nightmare on Elm Street. It's called Nightmare on My Street. Uh, I will never agree with anybody though that says that it was the Berenstain Bears and not the Berenstain Bears. No, no. (laughs) And why does it matter? (laughs) Because because it's like a a reality anomaly. What's so crazy about it is what it's named after. When when did Mandela die, Jeff? Um, what Nelson Mandela? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It wasn't that long ago. Was it in the 80s? Uh, no. Well, that's when he got out of jail, wasn't it? No. When when did they do the I'm not going to play in um, I'm not going to play Sun City anymore, whatever it was that, that big, all the artists got together, U2 and a bunch of other well, Sting and what What's so crazy about it is if you believe the narrative is like 2010, all right. Okay. We've got we we know a fellow from South Africa um, that we talked to about this, and he knows for a fact that Mandela died in the 80s. He his dad had his dad had the newspaper for it. They watched the funeral. He remembered it like that. And now it's just changed. And now I think 13 is when he supposedly died. Yeah. It's the and people are saying that all of all of this kind of merged together is a result of that particle accelerator they started firing off in t- 2012 that said uh, it could literally implode the Earth. Potentially, it could end end existence 
because well, they're messing given, with like dark matter and stuff. Given enough power, you can yeah, and you could you could completely wreck the earth. Given enough power, but it would take an awful lot of power. You well, know, building a the, bigger one of those. They are they. The they whole thing for it. with particle acceleration, though, like you're you're literally messing with the fabric of. Like it's yeah. more than just well, the that's Earth. that's why that you're messing with the fabric of the universe, but that's exactly why they're doing it so that they can study the fabric of the universe. You you have to science. You have to have facts. You have to have measurable facts that can be repeated. In order to do that, you've got to control the parameters of the test. I just you can't that... just go out into outer space and go. Yep. I think that the stuff <laughs> what I do <laughs> that, that is what you do. I think that the stuff people are thinking or Mandela effect is like maybe they ran like particle acceleration and just one little thing makes its way from one universe to the next, like the name of a book or a memory. Well, yeah, but then that that um that kind of defies the the time paradox. The, it, it was the, the whole butterfly wing, whole butterflies wings thing. If you well, if a butterfly yeah. flaps its wings over in the Philippines and get a hurricane in Florida or whatever. I think that's true, but I also think that we exist in all periods at all times at any given time because there's infinite universes. So well, yeah, but don't you think we'd have noticed it if something like that, something we that... we ha- we have. Yeah, that's we... what I'm saying. Yeah. Like that's what the Mandela effect literally is. But you know, there's a universe where the Mandela effect never happened, and they didn't build that particle accelerator, and we're just living, living to be living, man. There's a universe <laughs> where Cecil's the president of the United States. That's completely. Let's not go there. Yeah. <laughs> so what's what's next on your plate, Jeff? Um, right now, uh, myself and Susan Eisenberg are uploading episodes uh, of a story we're writing together onto Vela, which is a it's a thing that Amazon's starting that. It's supposed to capitalize on the millennials' short attention span. I saw that. So it's like episodes rather than a book? Yeah. Well, it ends up being a book, but you read them an episode at a time. So we're doing that, and I'm working on my, I think it's my 16th book. I think it's my 16th book, which is the seventh in the zombie series. That's awesome. And then doing say, doing all sorts of podcasts and shit. How did you say last night that she needed a voice actor with a southern accent? This guy would be perfect for it. And she just has to Vimeo me the money that she's going to pay. Now that right there, son, is a horse manure. And like I said, if anybody needs any fishing tips, I'll get them from Reed and send them to you for $10 a piece. <laughs> that you collective won't pass any of it on. I'm not getting shit out of this deal. What else do you guys have going on then? So, well, I was going to ask: Is it tough, like co-writing with somebody? Do you just like it? Can be. 
do you write like a portion of it and then be like finish this out or something or like how does that work well i'll, I'll write you know I'll, a section a couple of chapters or whatever and then i'll say here you go and sometimes that sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't like i would imagine that there's some conflict that comes about like this shouldn't go like this sometimes you know uh, well, it, it it is if you let it. Yeah. It's, like you took you took what I had and put it in a dirt type situation. <laughs> well, it, it well we last last year in the beginning of this year we uh, over in uh, written horrors six of us got together and wrote a novel called The Collector that we put up and it's uh, all the proceeds go to charity uh, and it. It was an interesting exercise, and it was it was right on the edge of being too many people because we did it That's before sick. when I was in six. <laughs> I, That's I, what I I'm saying. It, I did it. Before, we did it. Before, we tried it before when I was in the written on dead, and there were like fifteen people, and it was a chaotic mess. Um, so it's. You've got to keep the number of people small, and you have to have one person who herds the cats. And that's not always an easy thing to do. So it's I, I, eventually I'll probably do it again, but I don't know if I'll be the cat herder because I don't know if I want to do that again. Well, yeah, that seems chaotic. It, it can be. It can be real chaotic. Because you've got six brains working on the same story, or you've got fifteen brains working on the same story, and fifteen it, one brain to another doesn't work the same because one person to another is different. So you might start with the general story idea, and then you know you hand it off to another person, and it goes completely off to the left or the right or wherever. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, like, what did you do, Frank? <laughs> well there was there's quite a bit that in, on the collector it was some of those some of those twists gave me whiplash almost it was like what where the fuck did that come from you, you said you said frank would be like he writes a portion of it gives it to frankie and then it's just all about uh them avoiding zombies so he can fish more like just... <laughs> when you write a book I mean, these things don't get written overnight. No. You you surround yourself with it and you live with it in your brain for you know who knows how long. So this is it's it's a very personal thing, writing a book. And then when you hand it off to somebody and they completely shred it, it's like getting kicked repeatedly in the nuts. It's not a fun experience. So you've got to have somebody that. If if they point out problems with it, they do it in such a way that they're not a dick. That it's not going to completely, you know, they're not clog dancing on your heart. Getting kicked in the nuts can be fun, though. I guess it depends. I on was going to say, how are you probably into that? So. <laughs> I would beg to differ. I've been kicked in the nuts. It's not fun. Depends so how did you get... Uh, <laughs> How did you get kind of in the weird realities orbit? Well, we started doing um, a podcast over in the Written Horrors, which is uh, Haunted Library, 
we I mean, we started it. I started doing it as a, as a just a marketing gimmick to kind of put the word out there and get more people interested, and so they would buy the books. Um, and I found that I really enjoyed doing it. Now we had a good bunch of people. We still have a good bunch of people, and we did a few of them, and then um, Hadley joined the written horrors and she sounded interesting and she had an interesting point of view so i brought her on as a guest and all of a sudden she said well hey you know if this is what i'm doing won't you check this out and it just it seemed like a natural fit and the thing is uh marketing wise if you want to succeed at it you have to move beyond facebook yeah. You have to, because it's limiting, and especially these days, they're changing the rules like yeah. every other day, and you know, God only knows where it's going to turn into. Um, but you've got to expand beyond it. And the only way to really do that is this stuff. No, I, I Go off on different, different platforms and to different audiences, and you just kind of... the What... What we sell when we're selling our books, we're not really selling the books as, as, as much as we're selling our name. We're, because it's all about name recognition. You know, people will go and buy a Stephen King novel because it's written by Stephen King. Yeah. They won't read the back of it. They'll just go, oh, this is Stephen King. I'll grab it. So that's how you build, you build a fan base. And you start getting, you know, people will buy your book. There's, I, I, it, it freaks me out that I have actual fans. That's pretty cool. But I do. I mean, there's not, I don't have, you know, hundreds of thousands of them like Stephen King does, but, you know, I've got, I've got a bunch. I mean, my books sell. I'm not rich, but I'm getting rich off of it by any stretch of the imagination. But, but you're doing what you love, dude. Yeah, that's amazing. That's awesome. oh, I've, been, I've been doing this. I've, I've been writing stories pretty much since I learned how to form complete sentences. I've been doing this my whole life. It's just, just it comes naturally to me. It's what I love doing. So I just keep doing it. And it's and, awesome for us to talk to authors and stuff. And we was talking about the other day, like we don't hang out with a lot of people. So like talking to you guys and Alan and Hadley and everybody, most of the people we know now are authors. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. I mean, we like off off camera, we hang out with each other. Like we get together like once a month. Mm-hmm. Not really he's too good for it. <laughs> Reed Reed makes an appearance when he's not fishing, but for the for the most part we we all get together and hang out and most of our external interactions are, are this like with as far as like people we don't know and man it's just been like we've been going only since november but just all the people that we've met around the world and stuff it's been very humbling that's fun our universe has it well to me and having having lived all over the place and 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 you know lived done a bunch of different jobs over the years and being sixty years old, Shit. um, I learned pretty solidly that 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 one of the coolest things in the world is to surround yourself with smart, funny, and creative people. 
You're 60? 60. Reed looks older than you. Fuck I don't you. believe it. Born <laughs> 1961, dude. You don't look 60 at all, man. I was born in 1961. That is insane. <laughs> they always got to pick on the old guy here. I don't know. Yeah, why. well, you know. He's not much older than me, unfortunately. But, I mean, uh, how many how many dull friends do you have? Huh? How many dull friends do you have? Dude, I don't keep anybody in my life that ain't, ain't uh, interesting. Yeah, if, I don't either. If they ain't been kicked out of a bar, they ain't no friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. No, you're dumb. I don't think not. I've ever been... I don't think I've ever been thrown out of a bar before. Oh, God. <laughs> we probably should have been. <laughs> I'll tell you, it sucks, man, um, because I used to be a wild person. I used to do wild shit all the time. Mm. And it got to the point where when we go to Lexington or somewhere and we walk in somewhere, I'm like, Mm-mm, get out. And I'm like, what the hell? I've never even been here before. They're like, you've been here. You're not allowed back here. I'm like, shit, I don't remember that. <laughs> Yeah, his his knuckle prints his knuckle prints are still on these large metal doors of one of the the venues in Lexington. Well, that, that was that was one thing with with being on ships is we all go out and mass. There'd be a bunch of us, and we're all you know getting drunk together because that's what you do. So you what you had you had an automatic like. I don't want to, I wouldn't call it a safety net exactly because we did a lot of really unsafe shit, but um, you had uh, people that would stop you from going too far. They try. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're stopping them, dude. That's the reason I don't drink. As I, I know that you can't really get perspectives, but Cecil 6'4 uh, and weighs a lot more than me yeah. and 15. and i'm the next tallest yeah and everybody else is pretty significantly shorter than us uh-huh. and it just ain't happening dude he's like he's it's well, like wrestling a bear well <laughs> yeah but if you if you try to wrestle a bear one-on-one or even two-on-one yeah you you probably going to get your ass handed to you. You do it like four. six on one. You do it like six on one, and yeah, they're probably going to be able to subdue you. My thing now. And, and, and having, you know, given that this, we did this stuff all the time, you could see, okay, we're, we're going down this road. We have to stop. So you're saying it just takes an army. <laughs> Pretty much. My thing that I always like to do, if I knew I was outnumbered, I was going to get my ass kicked, I'd just go fucking completely crazy. I'd flip the switch and go insane. That's the only way you can do it. Yeah. And, like, um, totally seen it before. Like, I've, I've had my ass whipped before, and somebody broke my nose, and I was bleeding everywhere, so I started laughing at them and spitting blood on them. And they quit. <laughs> well, yeah, there's, there's no such thing as a fair fight. No. No such thing as a fair fight. So as long as as long as you understand that there's no such thing as a fair fight, uh, if somebody wants to try and kick my ass, they're going to know they've been in a fight. They might kick my ass, but they're going to they're going to feel it the next morning. 
I didn't even try to swing on that guy. I don't think I just let him do it and start spitting blood on him. <laughs> Imagine I'll, I'll set the scene. So we get the next morning, and I wasn't in the. I wasn't involved in the fight, but I was wearing a white shirt and I had blood all over me. <laughs> and and uh, H when he comes out and does that. Like I did that with blood. <laughs> yeah, and the wind was blowing, so like all these people were getting covered in in blood. And we get up the next morning and go to get breakfast, and it's a Sunday, and it's after church in a uh, southeastern Baptist region. Mm-hmm. Everybody after church goes out to one of the five restaurants in the town to mm-hmm. eat. We walk in and the place goes completely silent. <laughs> We're all covered in blood, and all of our hair is crazy. We didn't wear hats, and we just went in business as usual and ate food. And everybody just stared at us for an hour while we were eating. It's fun though. I I kind of miss that way off, but I don't at the same time. Like I couldn't fight right now. There's no way I can. I, I wouldn't even try. No, I wouldn't even. I, 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 well, I, once, once, once you come to the conclusion that there's no such thing as a fair fight, uh, it, 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 the next logical step is, well, if there's no such thing as a fair fight, then why do it? Yeah. Because there's, there's, there's no percentage in it. It's like the, you know, the, the movie war games. The, on, the only way to win is not to play. The only way to win a fight is just, just walk away from it. When I get mad, I punch things, like punch walls and stuff. And I got mad and punched my lawnmower, and it hurt like hell. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> that, that, that's from punching a steel bulkhead. Yeah. The bulkhead won. <laughs> Mine does this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, see, that's what, that's what stupid shit you're supposed to learn from it. And he's well, there's, there's an old saying that goes something like um, uh, people, people will, will defend nothing more strongly than their own ignorance. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> Birds aren't real. <laughs> Birds aren't real, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you get people, will, people who have convinced themselves of something yeah. in spite of all evidence to the contrary. Um, and well, you found this, you know, I stay away from politics simply because the we nation, too. The we nation too. is so, is so divided right now that I run the risk of losing half of my audience, no matter what I say. You see it in discussions between one side or the other, which it really isn't. For example, I I've been accused of being a leftist soldier. simply because I disagreed with somebody on the far right. Well, if by leftist you mean I'm left of you, then yes. But so is 99% of the world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But when you get so polarized, there's no middle ground. And if you don't have middle ground, then it's it's a pointless argument. That's the problem is there's just no, like, no – actual conversation going on like there's no debate actual debating there's no 
talking through situations. It, at, at this point, it's just you're right. Or, right. No, you're well, right. It's, I'm right. It, it, well, it's, it's, it's Newton's third law of motion. For a reaction, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So, for example, you start with the gun debate. Um, you know, the, the, a, a guy, a guy, a pro-gun guy will say, my 80-year-old my grandmother in Poughkeepsie, New York, needs an Uzi for home defense. Then the anti-gun people will say that, that you need to ban the Winchester 3030 because it's an assault weapon. Both things are patently ridiculous. But but when you when the argument starts there, given Newton's third law of motion, it keeps getting farther and farther and farther and farther apart. I agree. Oh, and, it is a good made weapon. I mean, and, and the, thing, <laughs> the, thing, the thing about this country, though, the, what our founding fathers did very well, uh, they created our constitution and, and they started us on this grand experiment using two things compromise and civil discourse. Yeah. Neither of those exist anymore. No. There's no compromise. There's no civil discourse. That that is a it, really really good point. That is a good point. It, it, it's I think this. You're an idiot. <laughs> That's the argument. <laughs> That's the argument, and it never gets anywhere else. Um. So you brought up the Constitution before we sign off and do our farewells. What do you think about them not teaching cursive hardly anymore at all? And that they think that they're doing that so people won't be able to read the Constitution in, in a couple generations. Uh, that's nonsense. Because it, it, for <laughs> no other, if, if for no other reason than there are printed typed copies of the Constitution all over the damn place. There's millions of them. It's one of the greatest inventions of human of, of all of human history is Gutenberg's printing press. It's one, it, once once books started being able to be printed and distributed to a wider audience, you, you couldn't put that horse back in the barn. So just because the document may have been written in, in old English and cursive doesn't matter anymore. It's immaterial because the, the text of it exists in other formats now that are perfectly readable everywhere. He's right and you're wrong, Cecil. I choose to uh, differ. <laughs> I, I think that you're that, wrong. <laughs> you're an idiot. That, that's a better description than because you could say, well, you can go anywhere on the internet, but the internet's easily suppressible. Uh, especially now. No, there's nothing. There's nothing untrue on the internet. Are you kidding? No, <laughs> it ain't so. So, I would say that you're you're wrong. Like it, it'd be, like it'd be hard. It's a lot. It'd be. It's hard. a lot easier than the internet, though. Like if you printed words to paper and circulated yeah. a book, that's easier than if you're not allowed to say something on the internet. True. Well, yeah, I mean, back what what Gutenberg Gutenberg started the um, 
yeah, what's 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 the term for it? The Enlightenment. He he was the catalyst for the Enlightenment because before that, it was actually illegal to own a Bible, even just to possess a Bible that was written in any language other than Latin, which the vast, vast, vast majority of, of people couldn't read. So religious doctrine was based on who, whatever they told you it was based on. And then all of a sudden you had the Bible. It's there and it's in English or it's in French or it's in whatever language you happen to speak. And you can see for yourself what it says. And, you know, once that happened, the church lost its grip on, you know, total dominance over what people would be able to think and believe because people could make up their own damn minds. That's what it's all about. <laughs> That's exactly what it's all about. It's lesson number one, read. These things, these things called books, there are words in them. <laughs> you, you learn from it. I, I just bought a bookshelf because I've been buying books from everybody that we have on. And the fact that you have 16, I'm going to have to buy another fucking bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of seemed like a backhanded compliment. I can't wait to get them. <laughs> but yeah that's gonna be awesome i hope that i'm not banned from watching weird after that comment that i made on the last episode about how that movie was the biggest time waste in my oh no why why would we ban you from that (laughs) i I, I love watching did you see the original roundtable we did for zombie army no, I haven't there, there are people who really loved it, and then there are people like me who like this is a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, I gotta admit, man, I didn't much care for it. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> well, there were there were just there were just too many plot holes and too many too many WTF moments that it was all right. But <sighs> anytime you guys just give me like some advance notice and I'll oh, watch yeah. the movies. Oh hell yeah! Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to come back on. Yeah, I'd love to come back on too. And I, I've already watched them, so. <laughs> oh, well, we've got. I mean, we've got. We're doing one every week from now till Halloween. So there's plenty of opportunities to bring you guys back on. I was stoked to hear that you're going to do fucking Friday and fucking Jason X for Friday the Thirteenth. There's a lot of people who don't like that movie. <laughs> I liked it. Um, it was so fucking shitty. It was awesome. <laughs> well, it's been way too long since I've seen that. <laughs> See, here's, here's the thing about Friday the 13th. The only movie that actually makes any sense is the first one. Yeah. And Sean Cunningham, the guy who created the whole thing, intended for that to be one and done. Yeah. He had no intention of, of turning this into a series. Every movie since then has been patently ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. There's, <laughs> there's no grip of reality on it. I mean, you, you get like the first four or five of them were just variations on the same theme. Everything was Camp, you know, Camp Blood, yeah. Camp Crystal Lake, and you know, people would keep coming back there stupidly, and and I'm oh my god, I'm shocked, and I'm getting hacked to death. <laughs> 
then he pops up in Manhattan. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, and then they then they change it that it's you know it's it's suddenly Jason's dead, but it's somebody else is taking over for Jason, and then the you know the audience is like, <laughs> so so they so they changed that and then made the next one as if it, the, the previous one never happened, and then they went to Manhattan, and then you know so Jason in space, why not? All right, so Jeff, uh, tell everybody where they can find all your stuff, all your books, and uh, okay, you can find you can find all my books on Amazon. You can find me uh, on Facebook in uh, my I have a personal fan page called Jeff Thompson's Twisted Tales. Um, I uh, you can find me in the Written Horrors. You can find me in it was called the Zombie Army as of midnight tonight. It's going to be called Horror Writers Inc. And then, of course, you can find me on Weird Reality with Hadley and all of her her, her cadre of minions. <laughs> she has worked up a fucking army, ain't she? Oh, yes, <laughs> she yeah. is the true cult leader. Oh, <laughs> yes, she is. she is. And she's a slave driver, too. <laughs> we love Hadley here. <laughs> she's, she's, she's a force of nature. Yeah. And um, so... You guys have all kinds of stuff coming up on everything. Yeah, well, no, just a brief overview. What's the what you got? Uh, well, we've got we're doing uh, 13, thir- uh, 13 weeks of Halloween, so we're doing a, an episode every week with different horror movies um, from now till Halloween, including a Friday the Thirteenth episode on Friday the Thirteenth. So that should be amusing. Um, we're doing all sorts of movies. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, we're doing, they've got interviews with, oh, I don't know. There's, she's, she's got all sorts of stuff lined up that I'm not involved in because I, I, well, my schedule, I, I'm retired essentially, but my schedule's so busy, I literally had to go out and get a day planner. <laughs> <laughs> Because because of all the the, the, the different stuff she's got, we're, we're doing that. I'm still, still doing the haunted library. Uh, I'm doing tomorrow on uh, what's becoming the the horror writers Inc. Um, we're doing an all day event uh, live and online and and just with giveaways and contests and just all sorts of weird stuff going on so all day tomorrow we're doing that sunday i think i may collapse um <laughs> and then it just it just keeps going and hadley's got all sorts of different um stuff lined up different different uh guests coming in and all sorts of stuff you guys on weird realities and check it out or just ask Hadley. Have her come and give me a list. <laughs> weird realities on YouTube. You can watch Watching Weird, and it is awesome. You can watch Tully uh, read reviews on one of their episodes because <laughs> he didn't watch the fucking movie. <laughs> well, dude, I was so... I watched the first one. It's fine. I watched the second one. And I was so demoralized. <laughs> I was so demoralized. I literally sat there, hungover, wondering what I was doing with my life after watching that movie. Like that—that that really, 
that it, 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 at the end of my life and the top 10 things that I regret in life, that's making top five easy. You haven't lived long enough then. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. I loved that movie. It was actually pretty good. If you want to find out what movie is, go back and watch a catalog from Weird, Weird Realities Watching Weird. We have a lot of people that are supposed to come on. I, so many, I don't, I don't know. Um, Tully, is there anybody specific? There's a there's a ton of guests, dude. Um, we're just kind of in the the season of guests, if you will. Let's but the which um, I do not have a complete list handy right now. Next episode will be the Beyond Secret Texan Isaac from Durban Paranormal coming back the week after. You need to get you one of these. You know why? Why? These don't break. (laughs) I hope this don't break. I can't afford another one. (laughs) But we got a lot of guests coming up. Um, I'm working on a t-shirt design because I, I really, I just want one for myself honestly uh, if we ever do that i don't know how we're going to distribute it so be on the lookout for that do a uh, red bubble i guess worked great red bubble that's what that's what hadley uses oh yeah is that, is that a service where you kind of give the designs and then they just make it and ship it they, they make it yeah they make it they ship it and, and then a- you they'll, they'll give you a, a, a i guess they give you a cut rate on it and then you tack on whatever profit margin you want. I've got my... That's, sim- that's similar to what I've pitched in the past. Yeah, and uh, again, go ch- go get merchandise for Rude Realities and Watching Weird and yeah. and everything over at Redbubble. Um, I've got a Weird Reality shirt. Um, Reed's got his on now. They are awesome shirts, and they're very comfortable. I sleep in mine. And did you, do you go Winnie the Pooh style, just the shirt and no pants? Always, like okay. I do right now. Uh, <laughs> While I'm sitting here recording this podcast. And don't forget, <laughs> um, not callers, N-I-T-E, callersproductions.com for the best Bigfoot merchandise on the planet. Yep. And shout out to Unexplained Scotland. Yeah. One of our other people we see have every now and then. Hey, Martin, reach out to us. I heard you wrote a book and I want a copy. So <laughs> tell me how to get it and I'll buy it because that's how I'm I thinking. It. I'm thinking we're going to, we're going to have to have Martin back on for our one year anniversary since he was the one who started it all. Yeah. He's our first guest. And that's that's why we're doing the, this this Halloween thing because I guess Hadley started Weird Realities a year ago on Halloween, so that's why we're doing it. That's my wife's birthday, so probably- Halloween that should have been yeah. that should have been a sign. Well, for example, I lost my virginity while listening <laughs> to I, I lost my virginity while listening to Alice Cooper's "Welcome to My Nightmare." Nice. That, that that probably should have been a sign, but I didn't take it. Yeah. I lost my virginity hearing chickens. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's got to be a metaphor at play there somewhere. They were in the background. 
God, I'm sure not. they were. Sure they were. <laughs> they were in the background. <laughs> a chicken orgy. I just uh, which came first, the chicken or the egg? No, Cecil came first. <laughs> 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 that but, made my day that made my week but this has been the longest wrap up i've ever done <laughs> so and on that on that note we should probably go away before yeah you know, somebody somebody comes and like puts us all in jail on that note i agree with jeff um bitshoot.com youtube.com anchor.fm twitter everything at wearing the folk and check us out if you want to be a guest reach out to us on twitter through the twitter i just mentioned beforehand <laughs> or you can uh, email us at bipolar underscore teddy bear at outlook.com and thank you for watching us because we're watching you yeah.